Aria Medis podcast, and I'm your host, Nisar Ahmed. I'm the founder and editor of the blog, careermedis.com. This podcast will be the beginning of the expert series. Uh, the expert series is a series of interviews with uh, career professionals, counselors, coaches. These are usually the individuals who are very well respected, well sought out for their ideas, recommendations, uh, advice, and tips. Um, and throughout this series, my goal is to give uh, the listeners uh, uh, the, the, the tools that you need to help grow your career. Um, or if you're looking for a job, uh, you're about to break into the job market, these interviews will give you some proven and tested formulas to break into the job market. Uh, and for today's expert series episode, I'm interviewing Mark Anthony Dyson from the voice of jobseekers.com. Mark's blog, The Voice of Jobseekers.com, has been mentioned multiple times. It is well established, a very well known career blog. Here are some of the uh, accolades of Mark's blog. It has been included in the top 100 career blogs in 2015. It has been voted the top career website of 2016 by Career Igniter and also been recognized as the top 40 blog for young careerists in 2016 by Uton. I'm including the link to the voice of jobseekers.com along with the description of this episode. So when I interviewed Mark, uh, he shared tons of great ideas. Uh, he has a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience. So now let's listen to the interview with Mark Anthony Dyson. Hey, Mark. Uh, welcome to the right. podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. It was great. Yeah, th- thank you. Uh, thanks for joining. So uh, I think... Um, for the benefit of the listeners, if I do an introduction of yourself, it won't do justice. So if you can uh, help us out by t- introducing yourself, like uh, who, who, who is Mark Anthony Dyson? And after that, you can tell us what the voice of jobseekers.com is. So that'll, be, that'll, that'll help, uh, help us understand. So who is Mark? Okay, well, who's Mark? Um, uh, probably my introduction would be a lot simpler than yours, but uh, we'll do best. Uh, I'm a career consultant. I work here as a career consultant for the past eight years. Uh, I have uh, cut my teeth on various experiences, everything from being a consultant to a small business here. That was my mm-hmm. first contract to uh, a larger contract, which uh, ended up working with the federal government and helping them, mm-hmm. uh, helping a lot of them transition uh, either to civilian life uh, or to another military job, uh, and also have private clients as well. Uh, so um, um, I no longer do those, both of those contracts. I've kind of moved on from that particular point, but now I just uh, work with private clients and uh, having a lot of fun. But uh, the best part is, best part of me is uh, that I've been married for more than 25 years uh, to wow. a single woman. And I uh, have two sons, both of them that are in college. Uh, my oldest is about to graduate in December. And my youngest is uh, working for the summer before he goes back for his sophomore year. So there you have it. That's me in a nutshell. That's the best part of me. <laughs> well, the, no, th- thanks for the introduction. And you're totally correct. I don't think I would have done a good job of doing your introduction. Uh, I think you summed it up very well. And f- before we go on, congratulations, 25 years. That's an amazing uh, amazing feat by itself. 
Thank you. And uh, and and you're based out of uh, Chicago, right? Yeah, I'm out of Chicago. Yeah. One, I've been there once, and uh, it's it's a beautiful city. Um, and I I I I was there in January this year. It's it's a nice city. It's very vibrant. Lots of activities. Yeah. What what are some of the best things that you love about Chicago? Uh, Chicago, uh, probably the uh, diversity, uh, mm-hmm. depending where you live in the city. I mean, there's certain parts of it is very segregated, and the other parts mm-hmm. of it uh, are a lot of fun. Uh, most people are very familiar with downtown Chicago, with Magnificent Mile, and uh, some of the other places. I live in sort of a unique place where I live by the Dan Ryan Woods, uh, mm-hmm. which is exactly what it says. It's the woods area, but it's also, mm-hmm. it has some recreation areas. It has some trail uh, mm-hmm. areas where people can ride bikes and walk and run. And uh, it's kind of long, uh, but I don't live on top of it, but I definitely live like a um, two stone throw, if you will. Uh, from there, so uh, it's, uh, it could be quite fascinating. And then, too, is very uh, industrial. Uh, though Chicago's had its problems with many different facets of the, uh, the city, the government, and all the things that are going on, um, it is quite a nice, great city where there's a lot of things going on. Um, I also live in an area where there's a lot of shopping, and my wife loves that. So um, we don't have to go very often to different parts of Chicago or even upstate or downstate. Uh, a lot of the great shopping is around here, and they're starting to build uh, some fairly prominent businesses uh, that are uh, known nationwide, And but also people are enjoying the fact that they're very much close by and together. So um, Chicago is, is is a nice city, I, I think. Uh, I've been here for 27 years. Um, um, I've lived in other cities, including New York City, which is my original home, and my mom still lives there. So, uh, you know, um, although I'm, I love Chicago, I've met my wife here, and I've been here for that time. Well, that that's great to hear. I mean... Um... Uh, you're totally correct. Uh, I think anybody who's been there, including myself, has seen it. It's, it there is a lot of diversity, um, and for the people who are, who are from other parts of the world or not come to Chicago, uh, that's one thing to know. Of course, another thing I think you can you know more this more than me about this is the deep dish pizza. That's something everybody. Whenever I ask anyone what should I get in Chicago, that's what they say. Yep, give deep dish pizza. Uh, the best places that I know of are uh, you may have eaten either at Uno's or uh, Pizzeria Dewey. Those are the two places for a deep dish. Although New York has a thing called Sicilian pizza, which really uh, it's, it's not as deep, but it has a very thick crust. And with the right place and the right oven, the, the crispy taste of the pizza of Sicilian is glorious so i highly recommend it uh, uh if you ever go to new york well th- thanks for that mark because I, myself and the people listening i think they would uh 
I mean, I know they came into the, listening to this podcast for career advice, but now you've also given them some recommendations <laughs> of where to go for Chicago and New York. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Thanks for that. So I have, I've uh, been read, I've read your website, the voice of job com. It's very highly sought out. Uh, you've been uh, recommended by a lot of other blogs, career blogs. Um, so, and one of the things, uh, thevoiceofjobseekers.com, uh, actually, you know what, why don't you tell us a little bit about the story, how you got started there, what type of content you post. I do have some specific questions. Maybe it'll be uh, good if you tell us a little bit more about uh, the website. Well, and, the, and, and, of course, your I, podcast as well. Oh, well, thank you. The, uh, the voiceofjobseekers.com had started from... Um, my company, Competitive Resumes, which actually I am transitioning over. Competitive Resumes doesn't exist anymore as a company. It, uh, and I've taken, I started to feel some creative differences, uh, more or less of internal conflict of just writing about resumes and writing resumes. And I just, you know, it wasn't the best fit for me, though the business had been doing very well at that particular point. I had been the busiest that I ever had, but my interest started to look at the whole life and uh, the whole person and how people uh, approach their careers, really, they're affected by their lives and their lifestyle, um, much more, more than we actually give the credit for in the, in the career spectrum. So. I started the blog, and I didn't tell anyone uh, that it was uh, that it was up. Um, I don't remember even having shared it even uh, at that particular time. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. make a big announcement that I was making it on social media or anything. I just made the I just I just started uh, blogging there a lot more, and suddenly a lot more people began to find it. So it was. Uh, it became a, a staple in uh, blogging, and became really. Um, and I'm going to use a term that's often used. It's a bad cliche now to me, but it was more authentic <laughs> than than uh, than I was writing on my other blog. Uh, and then I think there were some things that I was beginning to uh, some subject matters that were beginning to become very common on both themes. And so in the past couple of years, I've just concentrated on the voice of job seekers, and that's where most people have found me. That's where uh, most people have uh, enjoyed the content uh, there. And, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of how it all got started. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, I think uh, the blog has done very well, right? As I mentioned, it's been mentioned year over year in a lot of the top 10, top 50 lists. Uh, You also have a podcast where you interview uh, uh, career professionals. Um, One thing I noticed on your introduction and your website is, and this, this is something I'm hoping you can expand on, is you talk about there are three types of people that you try to help, the unemployed, the underemployed, and the the third one is it underappreciated, right? The, 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 the those mm-hmm. are the three type of career professionals. So, yeah. So the unemployed, uh, I mean, it, I think it is self-explanatory. They are 
uh, whatever reason they're uh, they're not employed and they're looking for a lot of job. But I'm I'm curious, what do you mean by underemployed? Uh, underemployed? Yeah. Well, during the crash uh, in America, uh, most people and and around the world, people had to take jobs that they didn't necessarily train for. You talk to any MBA. Uh, from 2008 to 2011, and of course, as we know, 2008 was one of the worst crashes in American history, um, as far as, uh, especially where employment is concerned. Um, there were MBAs that were coming out of school, and it was pretty much when you were uh, coming out of school to MBA, you were most certain to find jobs. But there were MBAs in Stanford and Harvard and Yale that weren't able to find jobs. So they had to take jobs that they weren't uh, that they weren't uh, that they were overqualified for uh, or didn't train for. So uh, the M- average MBA, I think, that was coming out of college at that time from like the the big Ivy League uh, universities was pretty close, if not over the six figures. Uh, many of them were end up making twenty five, thirty five thousand dollars. So. Those are those. Those are the ones that are underemployed. Uh, those who train for jobs and again, they're not the only one. But just as an example, there are PhDs that had to take jobs that didn't even require an MBA or or a master's. So that's what I meant by underemployed, which we still have that problem here uh, in the U.S. and I think it is worldwide, as I uh-huh. talked to uh, other. Uh, people who are involved in employment in the career spectrum mm-hmm. um, that you know people are still trying to find the right fit and the right job for the training that they've had and uh, mm-hmm. we have a very serious problem here in America and uh, it's not talked about enough where people are taking jobs that they didn't train for and where they used to get paid or mm-hmm. used to pay um, of a certain amount, they're receiving ten, fifteen, twenty, even thirty thousand dollars less than what they used to make. Wow. And uh, I, I totally agree because I've read, uh, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure you as well, um, the, especially one group that is affected a lot is the millennial group, and that gets talked a lot where um, they have the university degrees. Uh, I'm talking not only about MBAs, but different type of degrees. And they start off in a in a job uh, to get started, which is totally below what they uh, their skill set. So it, it is it is a big problem, and that's the reason I, I brought up that question. So so what what would you suggest for someone like that? Someone who suggest thinks they are underemployed, they could do better. Um, the, the, uh, what would you what would your recommendations be uh, where do they get started how do they get started well i think you know there everybody's a little bit different in what they're willing to do and the way they want to do it um but uh those who are underemployed you know often uh the ones that i've counseled and have helped uh they're often Sometimes they've given up, and I think, believe it or not, it's something simplistic. You you can't you can't give up, and not only you can't give up, but 
there needs to be a willingness to do some things that you've never done before. Most people spend times on their uh, on a job board that uh, you know they've asked a few people and they've told a few people that they're uh, you know that they're unemployed that they're dissatisfied. But there are some things I think people have to be willing to do, um, and one of them is is if the job board don't get or want to for you start getting away from them and start getting to more of the networking aspect of it and even stretch your network. Uh, how many people do you know that work in the field that, you, uh, that you're interested in? How many people do you know? Because if you don't know me, we have so many resources on social media now that are available for where you can um, get to know people who are in your field uh, mm-hmm. That can help you out with the intelligence for you to uh, go forward uh, and uh, make the right connection. Then, mm-hmm. you know, I think that would be a, a great big deal. There's some people who are unemployed or underemployed who've never been in that field that they've trained for through school or or mm-hmm. even through uh, other means, and but yet you don't you didn't make connections in college. You thought that the education would be enough. And in most cases, you didn't. So you now have to go and really get to know people, especially if you want to be uh, considered respected in this field. And that's a and that's a big step for a lot of people. They feel uh, that I really have to put myself out there. Yeah, you do. And one of the best ways is to get to know people uh, through networking. We have LinkedIn, we have Twitter, we have all both these tools now. There's almost mm-hmm. no excuse. And in fact, I would even beg to say that uh, a lot of people who are on those social networks are are there more than willing to help someone to, you know, and I'm not saying everybody, but the people who understand it's hard and that they're willing to help. And they're willing to help with any information that's given. It's up to you to find it. It's up to you to filter the ones who are really true and the ones who are really not so uh, uh to the industry. So you definitely want mm-hmm. to try to find those authors, the people who have written the articles, people who have written the books, the people who are uh, who are constantly on YouTube giving speeches or classes or workshops, or even locally. Look locally and, and go to those resources. But a big part of it is networking. It's mm-hmm. is, uh, just getting enough intel not expecting that somebody's going to, uh, you know, it's not a magic wand. <laughs> Nobody's just not going to wave it and there you are in a job. Uh, it takes some work. But the way you, if you want to quickly uh, or make some advances in your job so that you're much quicker, networking has to be a, a major component to um, your, your job search. Well, I mean, I, I was writing down some of the things you mentioned. Actually, uh, uh, actually, you mentioned a few things. One is networking, uh, the importance of networking, um, and one is the job boards. And you're correct; job boards are becoming very much of a last resort. Uh, and I, but before I, and I definitely want to dig into both of them. But uh, one thing that really caught my attention was you mentioned the concept of giving up. So. 
networking, searching for jobs, building your brand, these are all how-to things, the things that you can do. But I think the mindset is what you mentioned very briefly. And uh, when you said give up, uh, like, for example, people accept that, you know what, this is how it is, this is how the job market is. So now we're talking about a motivation thing. And you have experience with helping a lot of these people uh, who are underemployed and you help them to get to the position where they what they really deserve. So the people listening to this who are in the boat where they have given up or they don't have the motivation, uh, what can they do to change that? Mm. Motivation has to come from a lot of different reasons, but I think I have to narrow it down to something very simple. Um, a lot of people have gotten their motivation from friends and uh, other people who do well or have have some kind of authority in their lives, and they want to please them. So, so how many stories have you heard over the last few years? Of, well, I became a lawyer because of my parents. I became an engineer because of my parents that were going to engineering. Or I found this so easy to do. You know, I just went ahead and did it, did real well in school, but I, I'm i not connecting with it, with it at all as far as getting a job. I think one thing that really keeps motivation is really finding the very sole reason why you're doing it for yourself. It has to be your own, be the only reason that really drives your motivation and that keeps your passion going. Again, I'm using passion as one of the words that is often now a cliche. Uh, but I think it is important for you to find the things that are intrinsic, intrinsically uh, motivating where it's your own reason and you don't need any other outside factors and you don't need any other inspiration for what you you. And those are the things that will exactly drive you. Now, whether you're good or not at it, that's a whole other question, but that's something you can find out. Uh, and you'll find the motivation from a lot of ways. Uh, folks, it's more than just reading books, but there has to be your reason, and that fuel just keeps on burning, and that's what's driving you to, to be the way that you are. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with even your family. That's more of a personal thing. If you have children, if you have a family that you're supporting, that is a, a very legitimate way of, of keeping the fire burn, uh, the fire's burning. But ultimately, it has to be your own. It can't be anybody else's. And that's very, it, I, I found that quite a bit uh, throughout and still find it. Uh, you know, people are influenced by all these other extrinsic factors where it really needs to be an intrusive factor that's your own and Nobody doesn't have to even understand it. Just you. Just need to make sense to you. Yeah, I, you know, that, that that makes total sense. And as you were saying this, I was thinking about myself. And you made a comment about engineers. It's uh, uh, it's funny, but I, I, I'm originally from India. And there is a joke mm -hmm. that every, in India, everybody becomes an engineer, then decides what to, mm -hmm. what they want to do with their lives. <laughs> so right. you sort of follow the herd. <laughs> you sort of follow the herd. Uh, but as I was in my final year, I picked up this book. Uh, it was so. It was from a person who was in sales and how he built a career. I don't know why I picked up that book, 
But that really inspired me. And I said to myself, you know what, that's what I want to become. So over the last 10 years since I've graduated, most of my time I've spent in in uh, professional selling. So uh, so whatever you just said, I know, and I, initially I did get a lot of resistance uh, from the family because it is not as glamorous initially uh, as engineering, of course. Uh, right. But at the same time, I don't think when you have everybody who is an engineer, I don't think engineering is glamorous anymore. So that's that's my argument. Right. But uh, you're, right. you're right. I, I, I pivoted and uh, I built my own career. So what he just said really, I mean, really resonated with me. So yeah. it was good, it was good to hear. It was good to hear that uh, uh, the the thought process you put into it. Well, I think I think uh, again, there's there's uh, you know I, I think that we're forgetting that it's people that uh, drive uh, our even though people drive our abilities to uh, to uh, to move forward with the career process. I think what keeps us uh, people is hard for people to motivate you when. You know, you've gone on. Uh, you've gone on your fifth interview in a month, and nobody's called back, or that you haven't heard from anybody in two months when you used to hear from people all the time. I mean, it, it, you know, we talk about, and I talk about even resilience in the respect that uh, you've got to have a, you've got to be willing to endure the very, very uh, tough scrutiny at times that jobs are. are trying to find new ways to uh, find the best candidate because, as you know, the skills, skills gap is the number one reason why employers say that they uh, don't hire as quickly and as often because they're, they're not finding the talent, um, you know, so we're told. Um, in, in that sense, and you've got to be willing to say some, somebody thinks you found it, it just wasn't the last three people that you interviewed for anything. So you have to be willing to go through that and also try to get some feedback when you can. Employers often aren't into giving feedback. If you're in America, they're uh, unlikely because they don't want to risk possible litigation. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have friends uh, possibly from your network that could possibly give you feedback um, from what they resilient is a is a major attribute for you to have and put up front. And plus it's something that employers ultimately want to see too. They want to see that you're resilient, that you're able to get through very tough situations because that those are the real things that they face on the day to day. Yeah, that that that, that gives a, that's a good a good point on that and uh now, what about the people? I mean, let's say someone listening to this is okay. You know what, uh, Mark? I totally agree with you. Uh, I do. I am motivated. I want to create my own career. Uh, uh, this is what I studied. This is what I worked before. But I want to get mm-hmm. to this point. So they have the motivation. They have the mindset. They believe. They have seen others do it. Now, you bro- you you mentioned a very important word here. You mentioned skills gap, right? So let's say I'm in in a career where I don't want to be and I want to go to this career, the skills gap. Um, so w- what would you recommend to people like that? So so just to kind of wrap up what you were saying, uh, you have somebody that uh, 
transition to another career, but they lack the skills. Right. So the there's several things you keep in mind. One, if you're talking about that you're already in a job and that you want to transition to another type of job, but you realize that you don't have the skills that they're asking for. So somebody transitioning to another job, you want to look for the common skills that are in both jobs and or the common skills that can be used in both places. And there mm-hmm. might be an opportunity for you to leverage uh, your current job to your new job. And what I mean is this: a lot of the skills gaps aren't particularly, you know, you know, something that's real technical. In some cases, they are, but a lot of them are some of the more uh, common transitional skills, like oral and written communication. Um, and you could, if you want to need a point of reference, Payscale just came out with a study um, talking about the skills. That's one of the top two or top three skills that they reckon that they that they're missing. That people don't efficiently and proficiently don't speak well enough or communicate in a way that uh, would be able to um, you know persuade and uh, help their customers. And what it comes down to is that if you're in a job where uh, you don't use those skills, try to find some common places where you can use the skills in your current situation, such as if you are uh, if you're a project manager trying to go from one industry to another, start see if you can get some opportunities to do some um, public speaking or some at least uh, facilitative uh, type of uh, situations in your in your current job maybe it's uh, doing the uh, doing the staff meeting or doing a group meeting teaching them how to do something and to build on something and within that you're also using the minutes from that meeting to kind of design a, a, a manual uh, for the company uh, so you can use that those two things as an accomplishment that you led staff meetings uh, to target a specific area, and then that you develop the, uh, a training manual. And you don't even necessarily have to do the manual yourself. You could be even the editor of that manual. But it mm. will be a way for you to even prove that you have those speaking and writing skills, and you can show, show your future employers. Um, it's good to, it's much better to have a target place where you want to go as opposed to just one in general. So you could focus on the main skills that, that the employer desires, which that's what you want to do anyway in any particular church. But you, you're leveraging those particular skills. Maybe your job has some other opportunities that are outside of your department. Um, there is absolutely n- nothing wrong with trying to find a way to use those particular um, opportunities to start to leverage that to, you know, not just make that uh, bullet point in your resume, but also present the employee with real hard proof that you've done those things. And, you know, there's no telling what you might be able to do. You might be able to, let's say, audio record your presentations and put that on, uh, put that on like SoundCloud and then make it available and share it through your social networks and on your Facebook page. 
and so that people can see it. And, you know, you can have articles there on Facebook again. So you can uh, put an article on Facebook or, or use LinkedIn to publish there, put that up. Uh, SoundCloud is one of those, I think, that you can embed on LinkedIn, and uh, it can be there for other people to hear and see and also provide comments. Mm-hmm. And your interaction with the comments will provide great social proof for employers who want to see what you're able to do. And if you can provide some kind of, uh, um, you know, if you do them every one, once in a while, I would try to audio record everything that you can possibly do and put it up on SoundCloud for people to hear and see. Uh, whether it sounds great the first time or not, that might always that you have a seamless uh, and perfect presentation. The most important thing is that you're, if you're able to get the messages across and that you get the interaction that shows and that you're answering the questions in a way that people can understand, then you are providing, you know, proof that, yeah, I have, I have the, uh, the, those particular skills where you're lacking, where the employer's lacking. Wow. So uh, pretty much, uh, I mean, thanks for the well thought or lengthy answer, because it really, what I'm hearing is there is, there are all these tools available uh, with technology and even with people around you who will be willing to help you. There is not really a lot of excuses you can make to shrink that skills gap. So it is possible. I mean, you've given us very tangible ideas. Uh, what I heard is it's not that complicated. You can simplify it. There's no excuses. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it becomes complicated when people are lacking the courage. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to do something like that because if you've never been out there before, uh, uh-huh. it's nothing for me to do. It's nothing for you to do it because we're always putting ourselves out there either by writing or... Uh, in this case, we're doing the audio uh, uh, broadcast, uh, uh-huh. something that people can get on demand. And everybody has access to it. Whether you have the courage to do it, mm, because somebody's out there going, well, I don't want to have to do all of that. But that's what employers that's are true. looking for. It's sort of, uh, do you say to the girl or the guy, they say, well, I don't want to have to take you out on a date. I don't want to have to. <laughs> buy you flowers. I don't want to have to be nice to but then, you know, is somebody really going to want you? And that's what you want. It's a two-way street. You want them, they exactly. want you. You've got to put yourself in position to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that uh, now we're talking about doing something out of the ordinary, right? And um, yeah. th- that's a nice transition to what I wanted to ask next because uh, the things that you're recommending is what not a lot of people think about or they do uh, because, uh, yes, you're 100% correct. Uh, regardless of motivation, courage is very important, putting yourself out there, trying something new that has not been uh, done by yourself or the people around you. So that takes a lot of courage. And uh, I think you've given us examples. Even in my case, I think when you do something out of the ordinary, uh, it is nerve-wracking. It is nervous. Uh, it, it takes a lot of courage. There's a, there is a risk of rejection and failure. But 
But when you get the end result, when you get that job, or when you get recognized or noticed or get a promotion, it's all worth it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, that is a nice transition because uh, courage, right? And that ties into um, traditional job hunting, uh, which I think mm-hmm. for many years, even before the Internet, people used to put it on uh, job boards, newspapers. So the whole concept of job boards, the concept of job boards hasn't changed. It's now just it's digital. It's more accessible. Now you have it on mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think, what... Even myself, when I was job hunting, I've tried it as well. And I know people who have. Uh, what are your thoughts on job, like just focusing on job boards? And w- w- does uh, how does that affect someone's chances of success? Well, I think the way we look at job boards now, uh, from a year from now, is going to be slightly different. And I don't know if you've heard the recent news, about simply hired large jar board that has spent lots and some millions and millions of dollars uh, to operate, they're going to close down. I mean, wow. that's a that's a big deal in the sense uh, from a recruitment standpoint. Uh, that you know, you're talking about uh, really changing the game. And I think that you know, as we as we know, most of the pe- most people find their opportunities from networking. They do. They find you know more than fifty percent. We've seen figures up to eighty percent, depending upon what the actual uh, study is, where people find jobs through networking. They're finding through other people, and uh-huh. job boards aren't willing to be a part of connecting people uh, like LinkedIn. LinkedIn is about people connecting with people. The job board aspect of it is a very small part of it. I mean, you Uh think about it, when you go apply to a job uh, on LinkedIn, it's going to tell you how many people applied so far. Once you see 300 people, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're, you're, you know, I, I think to me that kind of says, I need to find another way to do it. And again, going back to courage, if you have the courage to reach out to somebody, let's say you've met in a LinkedIn group, which is a whole lot easier to do than if you saw somebody else's timeline from a distance, that you can actually, I'm trying to remember, if uh, there's ways that you can contact people within a group that you've joined. Hopefully, You've joined uh, uh, several groups throughout. You can kind of person that's working where you want to work or working uh, in the field that you want to work and to be able to, again, uh, collect some intel and to find out, you know, what the culture is like and, you know, not waste somebody's time. And, you know, you should always be grateful that somebody's willing to even spend five minutes talking to you. I, that's my opinion, but that's just, it's just very important to do that. But we have the ways to connect with people. So unless job boards are willing to do that, we may see more failure uh, because we know that the machine on automatic isn't work, doesn't work very well or very often. Now, when there were a few people working back in 2000, and it was uh, 
Hot Job and Monster and Career Builder huh. and the others, uh, some of them are still up. Uh, some of them are, have faded into obscurity in a lot of ways. We just don't hear some of those other names anymore, uh, not for 20 years. So, you know, job boards on auto, eh, we can argue how effective it is. Job boards that connect uh, others with people, those are the ones that are, are, are going to go at least through this next um the next few years with at least with some more success in the ones that don't. It's funny you mentioned about job boards and uh, when when I first started looking out of school for my first job, this was 10 years ago, uh, I remember there were so many job boards out there which you would not hear mm-hmm. today. And yeah. of course, I, I, the Simply Hired is one of the examples. Like even Monster, which used to be a giant at one point, uh, you don't hear a lot of activity from monster uh recently but uh now it's all it's linkedin has become like a single source of truth not for networking jobs um it's funny you mentioned linkedin because a couple of stories first of all you and i <laughs> be be connected to each other uh, with each other on twitter and then linkedin so yeah. even though we are in two different cities i'm in toronto you're in chicago uh, mm-hmm. We saw some synergies. We connected. We started chatting, and uh, here we go. We are having a conversation, um, mm-hmm. uh, and th- that's just a classic example. And just this week, uh, I've had two people on LinkedIn connect with me, two recruiters, and they sent out to me um, an email asking if I would be interested in a career in their company. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it has just changed the dynamics completely, and uh, and the other way because. Before they you they posted a job, you reach out to them. Now, if you maintain a good LinkedIn profile, you're active, you build your brand, as you mentioned, uh, they come to you. That, that so the dynamics is completely changed, and I find that very interesting. Yeah, yeah, the dynamic has changed, being that now it's a job seeker market, as opposed to um, just a couple of years ago it was an employer's market. But now job seekers can um, really dictate more of the of of you know making themselves attractive for the employer and being that they have skills gaps uh you know recruiters and employers Mm -hmm. are just betting much longer but the less social proof you have the less likely they're going to be interested unless of course you get recommendations which is also social proof on linkedin that's that's a way of of providing that, uh, when other people say you're doing a great job, then, um, you know, that's what makes it really attractive. And I think the algorithm for LinkedIn really uh, makes it possible for you to find it in just that alone. But I think you also have to do the other things to, to kind of help, uh, help the transition as far as making the update. But people, people connect with people. They, Connecting with bots and machinery is, the, um, is although it's the easier, easier way to connect with, with, with hoping that a, that something is automated enough to to pick you up. It doesn't work that way anymore, especially if you have the same skill set as 300 other applicants. Then what is setting you apart? That's a question you often have to ask: is how do you, how do I stand out? And how do I make myself 
how do I make myself market more marketable than the next person? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's it's, uh, it's about differentiating yourself completely, right? Making yourself unique versus one out of three hundred, uh, and then yeah. you're just lowering your chances in when you're one out of three hundred. Um, yeah. So the final thing. Mark, I wanted to ask you. I mean, you touched on networking many uh, throughout this throughout this interview, uh, and the final thing is, uh, so traditional networking. This is not even five years ago. Very not a long time ago. I've read books about it. I've, it was all about yeah, you know what? Go to these events. Go to luncheons. Go to, for example, the Rotary Club. Go to breakfast meetings. Um, now, of course, LinkedIn, as you mentioned, you've given us a lot of examples. Uh, the traditional networking, is that still valid or is it you, you think LinkedIn has completely taken over? The traditional networking is valid. And honestly, I think um, as far as touch per person, that it, probably a little bit more effective because when you meet, some, meet somebody in real life, there's an automatic connection. You see the uh-huh. eyes, you feel the handshake. Um, there's more of a, something personal. If you include what, where employers and recruiters are looking, then you have to throw in social networking um, as part of your job search strategy. And really, you really have to do both. Traditional networking works, and really, if you do that well enough, you it, it, depending upon your industry, you may not need to even. You know, I have a I had a client that went 25 years with never ever having a resume, never had a resume. Wow! Because she networked really well, and that she was able to show how she was able to do her job and she went 25 years without even having to write a resume. That is still possible mm-hmm. but unfortunately the job market is still at a point to where you know you're not going to have a warning of when the company is going to let you go. I mean when we found out about Simply Hired going down publicly the night before, they had just told their employees. So really, from the time that you can go from employed to unemployed, is it's always been very quickly. But even more so now, if you haven't done those things, but you haven't leveraged some of the, the three tools that we have, and you could do everything without really mm-hmm. any money, but it will cost you time where, it doesn't, where you don't spend money, then, you know, we have it all there. You can just go mm-hmm. from, well, I'm losing this job, but I've been active in these areas here. So, therefore, you can mm-hmm. go ahead and get started and start making those online connections offline. Start making more phone calls. Can, I, can we meet for lunch? Can I buy you for coffee? Those things are still... A uh, very uh, powerful way, and we should never not want to do in real life networking. That is a great big part of everything that we do, and that's the way we make true connections. But you know, a lot of people now they feel like they have somewhere. Is it, people are naturally drawn to something that's pretty easy. 
and you know online networking can be easy if you just want to do it for the thing that you do it for doing it and it's easier to connect because you don't have to move anywhere but if you really want to be an effective job seeker you're doing both you're going to the rotary club you're giving a presentation at the toastmasters you are you know you're meeting people who other people who know your industry uh, personally, but you're also uh, publishing a blog post every month on LinkedIn. Or that you've done an interview on a podcast, like how we're doing, uh, about something about your field that you're very good at and can be considered an expert. Or that you've even taken something on your own uh, to put on YouTube as a how-to. And that you don't see it if you've studied and looked at it for a while and say, hey, nobody's ever done this. Who wouldn't want to look at it? You're going to get a lot of hits because it's something nobody's seen. That's kind of hard, but you have to be vigilant and you've got to be able to put the work in. But you've got to do all of that. Being a job seeker is a lot of work and it's uh, quite intense. But again, uh, having courage, um, being patient. Um, persevering, uh, being persistent, and having the what I call CPR for your career. Uh, those are the things that are going to make a, a difference. It's got to come from inside. It's not always about techniques and how to do. It. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's that's what I enjoyed about this process so far because you didn't necessarily get. Uh, you did give us some nuggets of techniques. Uh, but you did spend a lot of time talking about the mindset, the motivation, courage, persistence. And uh, I, I would agree, it is a lot of work. Uh, however, uh, I think you would agree to this is it is worth it, right? Uh, it is a lot of work, but the rewards are uh, yeah. the return on investment of and return of energy is, is much higher. Yeah, survival. It's about survival. You betcha. <laughs> that, that, that is true. So one final question. So thanks very much for all the nuggets uh, and all this information. Very valuable. I found it very valuable. Actually, I, I got a little inspired when I listened to the terms courage, persistence. And one of the things that I liked so far is you mentioned it is a job seekers market. So anybody listening to this, uh, and you have seen it from the other side where, we, where you have helped people find uh, uh, great careers. That's a great, that's very encouraging to listen. Uh, it is a job seekers market, and that's great to hear. Uh, one final question, Mark, is um, uh, how do people find you? People listen to this, they enjoy this, they want to learn more. Where can they reach you, or how can they reach you? The nucleus of my existence online is thevoiceofjobseekers.com. And all, when you go to the first page, or really any page, all my social buttons are there. You can just tap on your favorite one that you want to connect with and connect with me there. And you can also, uh, you know, but you can also, um, you know, go to the podcast, The Voice of Job Seekers, and you can connect with me there as well. Uh, just follow, uh, just follow the, uh, you can still follow the social buttons that are there, but. Uh, yes, that's the best place, 
Yeah, and I, actually, I, I, I didn't mention this before. I really like the name. It's very catchy and it's easy to remember. The yeah, voice of job seeker. Yeah. If I was a job seeker, uh, I would not. I just need to listen to that once. So uh, yeah. great job in uh, choosing the name. I think it's it's well branded. Um, so Mark, uh, thank you very much for all this uh, wonderful information. Uh, very helpful. Like I mentioned before, I enjoyed it. The people listening to this, I'm sure they would get a lot of value out of this. Uh, thanks for your time, and uh, and I I know when this uh, recording is during the Memorial Day weekend, uh, so wish you a happy Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and you the same, and thank you very much. Uh, love your site as well. Uh, fantastic resources, great writing, and uh, really enjoy sharing it on, on, on uh, Twitter especially, uh, but social media as well. I'll be sharing some more as well. Uh, in the future. Thank you very much. Thanks for the feedback. I appreciate that. Sure, sure. You have a great day. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, folks, for listening to the episode. I have written a summary of the things that Mark has mentioned as part of the blog post on, on my website. If you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Career Medis podcast on iTunes. And for more content, ideas, tips, resources, go to careermedis.com. If you enjoyed the episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment. And if you really loved it, definitely, definitely go ahead and share the episode on your social feed. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed, your host for the Career Medis Podcast.